Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vesquez, a starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Well, everybody, gather around. Thanks so much for joining us, and I am not going to favor you, favor you with my uh, uh, fractured Spanish, my Spanglish uh, today. You can do this. <laughs> yeah, well, Adelante, some, vamos. <laughs> some, you know, with some practice, maybe, but well, haven't had enough. Uh, but uh, a special treat today, uh, Peter Vasque- Vasquez is otherwise occupied today at noon, and in his stead, we have a special guest host, it's Luis Martinez, and you've heard Luis on the on the program before. Buenas tardes, damas y caballeros. Uh, welcome, everybody, to our show. I am very pleased uh, that uh, Peter graciously asked me to do this, and uh, we have Bob Savage here across, and uh, the other members of, um, of the group here. So thanks for joining us. I have several topics that I'd like to discuss with you today. And uh, Real quick before you get into that, go. Luis, let's, uh, some people may not have heard of you. Uh, so let's just do a quick introduction. You uh, have had a fascinating life. <laughs> you really have. Well, uh, yes, thank you very much. That's, that's very kind of you. I, I, was, um, I emigrated from Cuba alone uh, when I was 12 years old, and there's a little bit of that that I'll tell you more details in, in the next few minutes. And, uh, but so did 15,000 other Cuban children that were sent from the Cuba to the United States uh, back during the so-called Pedro Pan, the, program, the Peter Pan program that was uh, created by uh, President Dwight Eisenhower in, in cooperation with the American Catholic Church. So... Without getting too many details, I think uh, my friend Bob here is just trying to introduce uh, my background. And then, uh, you know, I learned English and uh, you see me here today, uh, you know, a few decades later. So, and we are glad to have you here. Absolutely. And um, since I have the privilege to uh, speak to this audience uh, and I respectfully, uh, you know, accept both your comments and questions because I know that I'm going to – go from one topic to another. I'm going to present four little topics in the four segments that I have here. The first one is, why is the USA exceptional? What makes the, U- the United States of America exceptional? By the way, I never call it America. I call it the United States or I Thank call it the you. USA. Right. America to me is a continent um, from North to South Pole. But anyway, uh, the second topic is, why did I immigrate? Why did so many people immigrate, and specifically my family and, of course, uh, some of my background to the United States? Then I'm going to talk about the current state, which is the invasion by invitation that we're experiencing right now. And um, people are experiencing only, frankly, only bad news about that because it's, it's patently illegal. What's happening now is patently illegal, both on the, at the corporate level, you know, the governance level, and also at the individual level. And my fourth uh, and last topic, which I want to leave the, the audience with some, some positive uh, uh, news and positive ideas, it's called the, su- the success sequence. The success sequence is the process that's followed by many people, millions of people, to achieve the American dream. And I want to end on that note. So going into the first topic, why is the United States exceptional? Let me tell you something that I heard. I was listening to, um, uh, to Bloomberg Business News. I always have in my house. I have business was going on in the background during uh, weekdays. And I hear somebody being interviewed, and this man said that, he said this, the luckiest person in the history of civilization, the luckiest person in the history of civilization is a baby being born in the United States today. I said, what did that man just say? Well, let me tell you who said it. Uh, his name is Warren Buffett, and he is a multi, multi-billionaire. 
he's a chairman and chief executive of um, of Berkshire Hathaway, and he was talking to uh, his host uh, David Weston on this was in August of 2018. Okay, I believe that what he said is patently true, and I also believe that it's true today that it did not end. You know, with any presidential um, uh, race or anything like that, now things can get tougher from time to time. But that the the fundamental aspects of who we are in the United States of America are what make that possible. So, what exactly makes us exceptional? Well, it's because here's the three things that the United States offers that another nation in the world can do uh, or has done uh, in history. The first one is that. We have the divine sovereignty of the individual. Each one of us is a divine, sovereign individual with a direct relationship to our maker, and first and foremost, and to the family and to you know, our neighborhoods and our, and, and our friends and so forth. And, and, and the state is optional, meaning that I, don't, I, I only have to serve the state if I have to enroll in the, in the armed forces, but the rest of the time, they are our servants. The state is our servant. Because first comes the divine sovereignty of the individual. That's just my way of thinking. Okay, now, the second is we're backed up by the Bill of Rights. And you're all acquainted with the Bill of Rights. That doesn't exist anywhere else, by the way. Do you know that England does not have a First Amendment? They just make it up as they go. I'm not that exaggerating. I'm not vituperating them. I have a lot of great friends over English. But my point is that it, they, they don't have a different – they don't have the same network or framework that we have, and therefore they encounter more problems in that regard. Canada doesn't do. have one either. Is that right? That's See, right. I, I just know these things just by, by inference, by looking at what they do and how they do it, and then I, I, don't they have a First Amendment? The answer is no. Well, it, it, just to give you an example of this, mm-hmm. Louise, uh, if you'll pardon, uh, I was on the uh, – Toronto's got a very nice subway system up there. It works great. So we were up there. We used to go to uh, Toronto and, and to Canada before things got kind of crazy up there. <clears throat> and I was on the, the subway car. We're going somewhere. And I noticed this placard on the wall. It says, attention. And it says, if you overhear someone – I mean – Right there is a telling word for it. <laughs> if you overhear somebody using language, which could be interpreted as disparaging any person based upon, you know, sex, uh, age, factors, yeah, yeah any, any of those other yeah. things, be sure to tell a member of the uh, transit security force. Right, right. So that, can you imagine, imagine that, that in the United States? It, it, can you imagine how that could be applied and misapplied? And, you know, it's, it's a way to twist, to twist uh, our human rights. So the third topic, I mentioned the divine sovereign individual, the Bill of Rights, and the third one is that we have a constitutional representative republic. We do not have a democracy. We use a democratic method to achieve and maintain a constitutional representative republic. So when people talk about the democracy, democracy is 50% plus one. So imagine the ravages that could be done with 50% plus one, and they do happen in many other places. So... I, I want to emphasize that in, in when I make all these presentations, wherever they are, I mention two things. One, the, the divine sovereign individual, which I already did, and the other one is the collectivism, the mindset. We're talking about mindsets here. We're not talking about political parties. We're not applying labels like that, and I won't do that because that's not what it's about. It's about our struggle as divine sovereign individuals and in conflict with the collectivist mind. What is the collectivist mind? This has no party affiliation. There is people who, who passionately, sincerely, and uh, work all their lives believing that 
the collective, the elite, have the right, the responsibility, and the, the uh, task of making everybody do what they want. Now, you might think, well, that's funny. Well, just all you have to do is look across Western Europe, look in Far East, look in Cuba. What happened? That, that the problem is that the collectivist mind is very difficult to change. In other words, you just heard me speak about the divine sovereign individual and that my relationship is first and foremost to, to our creator. Well, they don't believe that. The creator is in the way. They don't want that. So it's, it's always going to be between the elites and the individual. They don't want any third party involved. So they, don't, they, they just don't accept that as part of the equation. And this is what we struggle with. Whenever you think about somebody who wants you to do something like a mask mandate, a vax mandate, you can name them all. Um, they will tell you that it, what they think is more important than what you think. And then, you know, all the repercussions of that. So that's what my topic is about in terms of how to address this. Not, I'm not addressing it as political parties. I'm addressing it as, as think of yourself as a divine sovereign individual and who are you dealing with and what are they doing and what are they saying and how's it going to work for you. So for their part, there's a, a fellow named um, Frederick Bastiat. He was a French philosopher and he always, uh, he, he, he pointed out that, that it's always tempting to do good at someone else's expense and that's what the elite do. The collectivist is always pretending to do good at your expense because they usually isolate themselves for the consequences of their elitism, okay? And people like, uh, for example, Walter Myers, uh, w- excuse me, Walter Williams, uh, who was, who was a, um, a, uh, an African-American economist, said that uh, these people have anointed themselves to be our elite, to be our, the people who govern over us. And, and that, creates, that creates all the kinds of – that's the fundamental aspects of the struggles that we see today, uh, you know, the individual versus the state. So we will be back in a few minutes. Um, uh, please note that, again, I, I am Luis Martinez filling in for Peter Vasquez, and uh, we look forward to seeing him again next week on, on our noontime radio show. Oh, that'll be fun. Great. And you can join the conversation as well throughout the program. Uh, Come on in and join. 346-3000 is the number. We'll be back on the WYSL stations with Luis Martinez. In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. Youth for Christ Rochester needs to grow. Our kids are telling us they don't feel safe in their neighborhoods or rec centers, and they're asking us to be open more. And thanks to your support, we will. We're adding a weeknight and Saturday mornings to our basketball program. We're adding a second Arts Academy Friday night. And we're adding a second P31 girls class on Saturdays. But we need your help. $25 per month funds a kid for a year. 
Give your best gift to yfcrochester.org slash donate. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the voice of liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the voice of liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Duera de un barrio pobre del centro de la ciudad. Ella de clase alta so great to uh, hear from uh, someone who emigrated here from Cuba as a child and, uh, le- you know, legally, uh, and uh, singing the praises of our wonderful republic as we, uh, as we all rise to try to save it from corrosive political influences these days. Luis Martinez, guest hosting today for Peter. Buenas tardes. Uh, thank you for bringing me back. I appreciate that uh, they didn't fire me after the first segment, right? So I guess I'm going to get to stay for no, a little bit longer. He's, he's, <laughs> we've renewed his contract. Buenas tardes. Uh, thank you. Buenas tardes, damas, damas y caballeros. So I, I should uh, tell you that you should have, uh, if you want, pencil and paper handy because I'm going to tell you the names of some books and some articles and some things that you should keep in mind as we progress on this topic here. So we're now on the topic of immigration and specifically what's going on in the United States currently, uh, what's going on is really just an, an invasion by invitation, meaning that we can close the borders. Um, I, used to clo- I used to cross the border at Eagle Pass, Texas in, uh, from 2014 to 2015 because I was ins- installing the payroll system of Corona Brewing Company in Mexico in Spanish. That's what it, That was my job, my, my project. I'm a consultant. And every day, every day, in the morning at 8.30, I would cross the border on the bridge that you see uh, on TV at Eagle Pass, Texas, on that bridge. And uh, when I got out of the car on the other side, in Mexican side, I had to get out of the car, by the way. They inspected me. They looked at all my papers. They saw me yesterday. They saw me last week. They saw me last month and had to do it every day. And um, by the way, this was a chauffeured car. I don't drive in Mexico, but that's another whole story. Um, but the, a chauffeured car, so they knew who he is. They know who I am. And every day I had to get out of the car and show who I am and then to go to work and then in reverse, coming home every day. So I slept in Texas and I, and I worked in Mexico. My point is that they have in Mexico very, very, very strict rules about who comes in and who goes out, uh, specifically about who comes in. And um, the, to- the entire time I was doing that exercise, I was surrounded by armed guards with long guns. So that's how they do it. If you try to go into Canada, the same thing would happen, that they will inspect you, they look you over and through ports of entry. That's what they're called, ports of entry, Eagle Pass, Niagara, those are ports of entry. Texas has 31 ports of entry, so why are they trying to come through the barbed wire? Because they're here illegally. And, and so you've you got to keep those things in mind. These are just fundamentals. So <clears throat> uh, going into uh, my immigration story, as I, as I said, um, I came here legally with passports and visas, and so did my entire extended family. And um, we achieved the American dream. Now, uh, the... The U.S. today we have open borders because they want to. It's not a it's not a problem. I believe it's a plan, and I won't get into it because I would have to start talking about things that are uh, not on the topic today. But the point is that these are illegal aliens. This is what they are here unlawfully. That is law breaking. And so when people say, "Oh, you know, we're going to be compassionate. We know we're Christian. We're 
we're, we are whatever um, religion, and therefore we need to be compassionate to all those people who are crossing the border illegally. I would say to that person, just ask him a few questions. Here, here's an easy one, okay? Is your car locked outside? Do you like your house, you know, when you go to bed at night? Do you have a ring camera on your front door? Do you have uh, physical barriers and fences? And do you have neighborhood watch signs? Do you have two-factor authentication for your, for your bank account? All of these things are doing what? They are there to protect your privacy, to protect your personal protections. That is perfectly correct, okay? There's nothing wrong with your privacy. However, when, you, when someone like that, who you know they're doing that, and then they say, well, you know, but let them cross over illegally. Who, what are they doing? They're saying that the people who are getting trampled, the legal citizens in the United States who live on the border towns and live in the border zones are getting trampled by millions, literally, millions of illegal aliens. That person who, who is protecting all of their private possessions is not thinking about one iota about the people getting trampled, A. That's one part. There's another part of the equation that they're not thinking about, and, they, and if you ask them enough questions, they get angry, which is tell me about the time that you supported the people, the millions of people like we used to be, who are on the other side of the, of the border, and they're trying to come to the United States legally, and they're paying thousands of dollars to legal entities or sometimes to bribe somebody to gain access to the United States legally. What are you doing for them? Where is your sympathy for them? Where is your sympathy for the, for the, for the victims of crimes by illegal aliens, which is being reported every day, every day in every town? There are illegal alien crimes. But the, the people who talk to me about sympathy for the illegal aliens never talk about the other side of the coin. They, they just keep it to their side. And then, they, frankly, they're virtue signaling, and I confront them with that. And then they're not happy with me. But, hey, as long as I'm telling you the truth, well, let me give you an example, a historical example, somebody who was unalterably opposed to illegal aliens, and that was Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez, 50 years ago, was an organizer, a Chicano, or Chicano means uh, that they're from Mexico and, and part American, part Mexican. And in those days, Cesar Chavez was trying to organize the United Farm Workers. Now, those are real migrants. The, the farm workers who would come from Mexico every year during the uh, harvest season to work on the fields and so forth in California and Texas and everywhere, those were real migrants. The word migrant used today is not the right word. The right word today is illegal aliens. The migrants are the people that Cesar Chavez was trying to shepherd into unions. Why? Because they were being they, they were being oppressed. Now, if you if you want to talk use the word oppression, yeah, they were being oppressed, exploited. By, yeah, exploited. So he Chavez was trying to organize United Farm Workers, and the one thing he could not he could not tolerate was illegal aliens. Why? Because if the landowner, if the farmer, if the farm owner can hire all the illegal aliens that he wants, then the, there's no point in having a union of, of farm workers. And, and they would, so what illegal aliens do is they drop the floor of wages. So on the one hand, some people talk about you know, what they call a living wage, whatever that number is, because it's a number that they have in their mind. But at the same time, the same people will argue for illegal aliens, which drops the floor of wages. It's just supply and demand. It's just simple economics 101, simple kindergarten economics, but they don't want to address it. They instead want some superficiality to the topic. They don't want to debate it. They, they, they block me as soon as I bring things like that up because it's the truth. Cesar Chavez was unalterably opposed to illegal aliens because they lowered the wage floor for everyone, not just Chicanos, everyone in the United States. 
He knew it. It's just basic economics, but some people just don't want to confront it. The other thing that bothers me about this illegal invasion by invitation is that the same people who are now clamoring for mercy for the illegal aliens, I can show you many, many um, uh, quotes and videos and, and uh, podcasts and, and headlines from former elected officials who were unalterably opposed, who said very strong language against illegal aliens only three, four, five years ago. Actually, the person who deported the most number of illegal aliens in history, in U.S. history, was Barack Obama. He did. He still holds the record for the most number of deportations. So this is a topic that, that, that suddenly has this, um, if you will, um, this prominence because, because of the damage that is being done by these people. The dam- no, I shouldn't say by the people. It's being done by this policy, this, this approach to illegal aliens that's being taken place. Now, let me mention some very positive things here because I don't want to get there – are, there are a lot of things that you don't recognize were built by legal immigrants in the United States, and I'll just give you a few. Do you dance Zumba? Well, Zumba was created by uh, Alberto Perez, and he is from Colombia. Did you know that? Uh, the Huffington, Huffington Post is by Ariana Huffington. She's from Greece. Uh, and if you enjoy the Shobani, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt, by, that's by a man from Turkey. And the, the one that I love the most is WhatsApp. WhatsApp, the communication um, format, is, was created by a Ukrainian named Jan Kum, uh, and he created that, and he became a multi-billionaire overnight when he sold it to Zuckerberg. That's another, uh, another uh, form of legal immigration, and of course we can mention Elon Musk, and another one that you may not realize, eBay was created by Pierre Omidar, and he is from France, eBay. So there are many, many examples of legal illegal immigrants that came here and did wonderful things for the United States. So we need to get control again of our borders, as we should. Uh, here's the thing that I hear, I hear some people say, well, you know, uh, the current president, he, he promised, he promised to, to when he was a, a candidate for office in 2020, he promised to reverse all of the previous border security policies. He promised to do that. So in 2021, the president reversed all of the previous president's border security policies. So what are they saying today to close the border? Oh, well, we need the Republicans to help us secure the border. No, all you have to do is go back to the, the border policies that we had uh, in 2020, but they refused to do that. So we need to understand that there is a lot of damage being done by this policy, and we need to correct the course. Look what's happening in New York City. I, I was actually debating somebody, and I said, do you realize that the mayor of New York City just is giving $53 million in debit cards to illegal aliens? No, nah, no, nah, that's not true. You're reading the wrong material. I, I mean, they, they literally sh- try to put that on the table as, a, as, a, as their argument that what I read is incorrect and that I shouldn't read those, those, uh, those, those newspapers and those posts. It's just, um, it's just uh, not a, the way to approach you know, th- this topic. So the way to approach the topic is with the truth, that truth. Yeah, $53 million is one thing. How about the $6 billion budget that he's allocated just to take care of these people for, right. one, year, for one year, by the way? So you might say, well, what does it have to do with, with you and me? Because I have to tell you, it is true that, you know, if you sit in a suburban place in upstate New York, you probably haven't seen any legal alien ever. At the same time, how does this affect you? Well, let me tell you exactly how. In... 
if you go to register to vote in New York, all you have to do is look at a – you can lo- download this. Lo- download a PDF of the voter registration form in New York. The first question is, are you a U.S. citizen? You can mark yes or no. If you mark yes and then you fill out the rest of it, you need a social security number, you need a, your driver's license number. If you mark yes, what happens? Nothing. They just accept your yes. It's the honor system. I'm not making this up. Look it up. Okay? So we'll be right back. We Please do not change your dial here. and We, want, we have a lot more to talk about on this. Yeah, welcome, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Step Show, uh, hosted by Peterson Vasquez, but not today. Luis Martinez is here, and there's more to come. Want to join in? 585-346-3000 or toll-free 866-552-1009. Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Well, Louise is feeling a little lonely here, folks. Uh, you know, he hasn't gotten any phone calls from you yet, so 585-346-3000. And once again, here's your guest host, Louise. Buenas tardes, damas y caballeros. I love listening to that salsa. It was so, so great that uh, we finished the last segment with uh, some samba. That was just uh, Brazil 66. I love that music. And uh, I used to travel to Brazil on business, and I love their food, and I love their culture. And it, frankly, it reminded me a lot of Havana, more so than any other place. Uh, it's a happening so, place, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And um, just a wonderful place to visit. And so to all my Brazilian and even Portuguese friends out there, I appreciate your culture and everything that you that you represent. Havana was uh, party central for, oh for the yeah. United States. I think I told you that. Well, I was um, long ago, decades ago, I was working in a hospital and I had to see a, a, um, uh, a North, I had to see an orthopod uh, about a, an, a knee injury. Anyway, the point is that he told me that, two things, he told me that in his time when he was young, Havana was the number one place for, for, um, for honeymoons. And also the thing that really struck me was that in those states, if you wanted to be the, a, a world-class urologist, you would go to University of Havana Medical School for urology. I mean, that was really? – Yeah, I'll never forget that. <laughs> and never that was totally that. Un, that was just uh, totally unsolicited on his part, so thanks. Uh, let's that. go – let's uh, – we got Gary on the line. Uh, thanks for calling in. Gary, what's on your mind? Oh, hey, Bob. Hi, Luis. Hi. Um, well, he mentioned uh, voting just before you went on break. Yep. And how important that is. And it really is kind of the foundation of how we get to have a voice in our government. Yeah. And uh, over the last several years, there's been a lot of things that have happened when people vote that just didn't seem to make sense. And they were just kind of washed away and brushed away. And after I got involved with New York Citizens Audit, it became clear that these people had put in thousands of hours of volunteer time to document a lot of the problems that were there with the registrations. And that's only going to be made worse with all these automatic registrations because that means the counties get flooded with them. They have to sort out ones that are duplicates of somebody that already was registered. And it's all designed to create the chaos 
that they need to make use of the algorithms that we proved are hidden in there. It's kind of complicated. The best way that you can understand it is to go to the website, auditny.com, and look at what we found. Now, the interesting part of this is we took all this information to county officials, state officials, right up to the state police investigative unit, and they declared it to be so bad that it was a national security problem, and they had to go turn it over to the FBI. Okay. Two years ago, that happened, and we've never heard anything back, no inquiries. What did you find? Right. Now, if you jump ahead, once we filed a formal complaint last August with the uh, the criminal investigation or the investigative unit of the state uh, board of elections, five million numbers that need to be explained that have votes attached to them. And the, uh, well, some of them have votes, not not every one of them had been used illegally, but the examples would be like a, a purged vote number that had a vote attached to it in the record after the purge date right. or ones with no purge date. So where it ended up was we got a cease and desist order from the Attorney General Letitia James to stop canvassing to verify what we had found. We can't get anybody to do the audit. That's all we're asking. We want an audit of this yep. system end to end, clean out all of the bad numbers. Right. Well, now, according to the Journal of Information Warfare, that's not going to work either because the algorithms, everything can be put right back in. Right. So we need to go to paper ballots yes. and hand-counted and IDs. Yep. And that's the only thing we can do immediately to save this next election from being just as screwed up as the last two or three that we know of. Correct. Absolutely. We got to get the word out to people and the news media has put a clamp on this story. Exactly. Because it's not convenient. It's uh, what they call a a false narrative or they call it a misinformation or they call it disinformation or it's, uh, you know, you're a Russian asset. So that's how they dismiss these things. Now, fortunately, when you vote in person, I'm a poll inspector. When you vote in person in New York, there is a paper ballot and your name and social security number, not security, excuse me, your name and a barcode associated with that vote. And it's all auditable after the fact, meaning those particular ballots that go in the machine. However, we do not know, I don't know, uh, what happens to mail-in ballots. We don't know who reads them. I, I have no clue about that. And I'm not saying that I should know, but I'm just saying from where I stand, I, I don't see that. So... Uh, a, a group like yours. Can you repeat the name of your uh, association? It's New York Citizens Audit. And the the website name? It is auditny.com. Auditny.com. The other thing that yep. – that uh, thank you. The, the other thing that I noticed uh, just recently, there was a, uh, a vote at the Supreme Court, I think, of uh, New York, where 800,000 otherwise ballots uh, would be nullified because they were illegal alien ballots. And – so it, so there was a small success there, but then I reacted by saying, yeah, but it doesn't matter. If, you, if you're not auditing the applicant, the, the, voter, the voter registering in that process, if that process is not audited, then anybody um, with any kind of status can, can then apply and, and then show up to vote. So I, I appreciate uh, – what was your name? Gary, right? Yeah, they don't even need them to show up to vote because of the algorithms that are hidden in the system. Mm-hmm. And that's what it really is. Uh, it's it's just, well, I mean, Letitia James 
just basically makes things up. She threw out a subpoena on our organization asking for every piece of information we had. And right. that's her method. You know, we yeah. can see what she did to the Trump organization. Totally a fraud. That right. woman should be disbarred. And why the State Bar Association is not pulling her license immediately, I have no idea. So and our local it. news yeah. won't even play her campaign speeches where she said, I promise to get Trump. I'll be the one to get right. Trump and take him down. Right. Yeah, but even but just on even any other topic, what happens is that a voice like yours, for example, has to take on the state of New York with bottomless pit of money. And then what she says effectively is, I think Hochul said it, something to the effect of come and get me. In other words, you spend your own money, you spend your life savings to go chase uh, after certain uh, appointed or elected officials in New York who don't want to do the, the, the uh, uh, what we asked them to do. So this is this is the quandary that we're in, where they don't respect us as having a voice. They only res- this, remember, remember my st- how I started talking about the divine sovereign individual like Gary versus the state versus the collectivist state. That's exactly what I'm talking about. A perfect uh, exhibit A of of the problem that we have, and in this case has to do with voting and the fact that we who have a legal vote, like myself, you know, the, the, the legal immigrants and the people who were born here who have a legal vote are disenfranchised by illegal voters, uh, perhaps even outnumbered by illegal voters, but we'll never know them because they refuse to, uh, uh, they refuse to allow anyone to do the audit, is what I just heard from Gary. So that's, that's something that um, I don't know if we can address it between now and November, but the point is that it has to be addressed uh, Otherwise, we're going to to keep losing ground uh, to people who are doing things illegitimately. That's an illeg- illegitimate process that they that they're employing. What we have to do is get people out to vote. And if you haven't voted in years and you think it doesn't matter, right. it does matter because they need the unused ID numbers to add attach a vote to. There you go. That's why, if you notice, you'll see these signs all over three hundred and. 56,000 plus more votes counted than voters that checked in or right. mail in exactly. ballots. That's totally, and that's yeah. done with the algorithms. Right. So, And that, it's across the country, too. So right. we've got to get here. these people woke up. Exactly. We need to we need to address this. We need to get uh, 10 more Garys out there, for one thing. And another for thing sure. we need is for everybody listening, you need to find somebody who hasn't voted in years and who, who basically thinks that, you know, that uh, elections are frauds and there's no point in wasting your time on it. You've got to convince that person to go with you and come vote with you. Uh, everybody out there, if you can find two two people like that and take them to the polls or get them to vote early, uh, that's another thing that we need to uh, to change is our aversion to voting early because I guarantee you the Democrats yes. are doing it. Oh, absolutely. And again, I'm, as I said, I'm a certified poll inspector in New York, but I'm also – Looking after the things that are valuable to us, like like uh, like Gary just did, and my point is that, as as Bob, as Bob just uh, pointed out, we have to do what they're doing if we expect to win. Otherwise, it's the same old. All right, going to go to break here, Lorraine. Thanks for calling in. Hang on the line. We got to do a commercial break, and then we'll be back with more on next steps with Luis Martinez today, guest host on the WYSL stations.
Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified, general, or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. The difference is dignity. At Open Door Mission, we open our arms and hearts to help those in need. We treat every one of our guests with respect and dignity. No matter the road that led to us, Open Door Mission is here to help. Give your support at opendoormission.com. Has your favorite pizza place been letting you down? Try Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery in Avon. Not only is their pizza amazing, but their full menu and bakery has something for everyone. Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery, Avon. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the voice of liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the voice of liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Next Steps with... With Peter Vasquez on the WYSL stations. And for Peter Vasquez, we have Luis Martinez. And on the Freedom Line at 346-3000, we have Lorraine. Lorraine, shoot and score Hello. for us. Hello, Luis. I love this show. And, Thank you, um, Lorraine. I have several comments to make um, about uh, the exact topic that you are discussing uh, um you know, the fair and free election topic. Yep. And um, you may think I'm done, but I have to make at least three different statements. And first of all, I agree with you. The Democrats are going to keep doing everything they're doing, even if we try to get ID, and even if we try to have, you know, ballot proof that we can hold in our hand and all the things we need to do. We should wait and do them after we win, because they're not going to follow it. And but all right, here here's my next thing. Not only the FBI, the Board of Elections in the in New York State, and the New York State Legislature would not respond to the documentation that you refer to. You refer to they're going around, and Leticia thinks she can stop us from collecting that documentation. But the Board of Elections and the legislature didn't even act on that or say, you know, say anything about it. That's horrible. They shouldn't even be in those jobs or whatever they are. And then the third thing is, in Texas, they're trying to make it you cannot question the, the um, honesty of an election. They're trying to do that. They have an actual law that I don't think it's been passed yet, but... Um, in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 4, it says that if the states do something in handling the election, um, they, they say very briefly, Congress can occasionally make a change. There's where maybe Congress needs to step in, because we need to question, you know, um, fraud. 
exactly. We need yep. to question. There's actually uh, a, a saying out there, and I, I can't attribute it to anyone because it's been around for so long, but it's called, truth does not mind being questioned, liars do. Remember that. Truth does not mind questioning, liars mind questioning. So if you keep that in mind, then you have to ask, well, why is it that they object to, uh, you know, to what we're trying to do is simply asking questions about how things work. Remember, you know, when I was growing up and, and, and I was in college, it was all about question authority, question authority, question authority. That Those same people are now at the top of the, of the uh, structures of our institutions, and they don't want anybody questioning their authority, exactly how they turned everything upside down now. So you're absolutely right. And then the topic of, of uh, the vital, the, the, the primal topic of, of a, of a re- democratic republic is voting, and if we are not permitted to vote the way we think is important for us, then they have abolished the, the entire process by giving it a, a, another name. Or, so we need, to, we need to address it as individuals, and, and we need to also amalgamate as, as, a, as groups uh, you, in using different approaches and different ways of, uh, of, of addressing the, the topic but we need to address the topic, and one of them is simply show up and vote. If you haven't voted in years, it's time to you, that you show up and, and, and support yourself and your family and the people around you. If I may return to— um, Thanks, Lorraine. Appreciate the call. Uh, thank three, you, four, Lorraine. 346-3000 if you'd like to join. Speaking of helpful uh, groups, um, before I get off the topic of uh, immigration here, there are— Three groups, actually four groups, that I want to um, ad- to tell you about. So please uh, get ready to write down some names. Look up uh, this one called the Federation of American Immigration Reform. Federation of American Immigration Reform, spelled F-A-I-R. Federation of American Immigration Reform. Look that up. They're very helpful on this topic. So that's one fair. There's another fair, F-A-I-R. This one's called the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. That's another FAIR. So they, they, they have different agendas, but they're all very, very helpful, and they, they actually sometimes get involved in lawsuits against uh, governance if governance is stepping out of um, uh, constitutional um, bounds. Two more. Uh, the Center for Immigrant Studies. The Center for Immigration Studies. Center for Immigration Studies also helps individuals or learning more about immigration, both legal and illegal. The last one, Advocates for Victims of Illegal Alien Crime. Advocates for Victims of Illegal Alien Crime. That organization uh, is a support group for people whose who's, uh, family and children and so forth have been affected by crime by illegal aliens. I wanted to leave you with, those, with that topic uh, to make sure that, uh, that you know where to look up these things now. In my last segment here, I want to, as I promised, I want to uh, leave you with some things that you can do uh, individually for yourself, for your families. And it is, frankly, the recipe for success uh, in achieving the American dream. By the way, you've never heard of the French dream or the German dream or the Greek dream or any other dream. You've only heard about the American dream because it's true. That's the only one that works this way. That's why we're, we're being invaded, uh, in this case, illegally. But even under legal terms, let me explain something that people don't realize. I, I, a lot of people talk to me, well, well, you know, we should have uh, free health insurance. And I say, okay, really? Why? Well, you know, because they have it in Canada and they have it in England and they have it elsewhere. Let me tell you what the impact of Canadian immigrants is in the United States. Now, 
to use the numbers so they would work, I have to use relative numbers, meaning in relationship to their total population. So, for example, uh, I'm looking at some statistics here. There were 1,062,000 Canadians in the USA um, and at the last count of this thing. This, uh, this uh, particular report is probably, say, five years old. One million Canadians living in the USA. So, you say, so what? No big deal. We're 330 million. But as a percent of their population, it would be like 9 million Americans living in Canada to get free health care. So why don't we have 9 million Americans living in Canada to get free health care? And why is it that instead we have a million Canadians living here to pay for the health care? So you see what I'm saying? That the United States is a, an exceptional nation where people will walk away from English health system, from Canadian health system, certainly from Cuban health system, and they come to the United States. And yeah, you know, it's, it's difficult to pay for health insurance just like it is difficult to pay your car insurance or, your, or your, even your rent. But the point is that a million Canadians have abandoned Canada and their free health insurance or f- free health care to come to the United States and have to pay for it. It shows you the magnetic power of our nation. That's why I could go on and on and on with a lot of exam- examples like that. But I, I want to talk about the success sequence. What happens when these legal immigrants come to the United States? Well, they practice the success sequence. There's a book called Tiger Moms. I can't remember the lady's name. Uh, it's an Asian lady who wrote a book called Tiger Moms. Look that up, Tiger Moms. And she shows how in her family how her, her I think it were two daughters – uh, we're able to succeed in the United States, so it's important that we follow that. But I'll get back to that. We have a caller on the line. Ed, we got, uh, we'll give you 60 seconds here, so uh, tell us what's That's on your mind. I need. I'm mad as hell. And uh, thank you for coming up with this. Uh, all this illegals coming in, I'm Mexican-American. But anyways, no. uh, what we need to do, the Republicans should do, is put out ads and say, all these illegals, if they're going to vote, to vote Republican, because if they vote Democrat, they're going to get the same thing they did from the country they came from. I understand. I understand. It's a good idea, Ed. That's, yes. that's wonderful. Bienvenido, amigo. Yeah, mi español se me está acabando. Está bien. No importa. No importa. Bienvenido. All right, Ed, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Good sentiment. Please continue. So back to the uh, success sequence. Um, it's, it's very simple. In three steps, can you believe how simple it is? Get, get educated. That's step one. Get your education, whatever level you need for the, uh, what you're trying to attempt to do. Get a job. Okay, that's the second step. And then you get married and create your family. One, two, three. So you say In one. that order. <laughs> Ah, he beat me to it. Right? Oh, sorry. Bob, Bob jumped. Bob jumped my gun. So here's the point: if you do it out of order, it's not impossible, but it just makes it more difficult to achieve the American dream. And I wish, and, and all the data po- points to it. All the data points to it. And I told you about the Tiger Moms, and you can read that on on. Uh, it's actually funny to read that. But there's an organization um, called the um, the Institute of Family Studies. That you might you might want to look at because right here it post on the right on the cover page. Step one, get your education. Step two, get a job. Step three, start your family. It's a proven path to the American dream. How many more examples do you have to have of the American dream? I just gave you a few uh, with uh, everything from Mr. Cole who created Cole's department stores to John Coombe who created WhatsApp to of course Elon Musk and I could go on and on and on. I mean it's just a, it's an endless list and you know. 
you know people in your neighborhood who are immigrants and what they did with her with their business but there is something you, you you need to look at the other side of the coin you always have to know the other side of the coin so that you're well informed there are a group of people who don't like the success sequence who would they might be well there is a magazine called the atlantic and they are adamantly opposed to the success sequence why because it does not include the government it does not include the government and they are not happy about that this the elitists are not happy with not including government so thank you very much for listening and i hope to hear from you and see you another time via audio all right louise martinez great job filling in for peter today thanks so much for listening get the podcast at wysl 1040.com we'll see you next time no se ni